hello, hello. My name is Rula Jessica, and I am here to remind you that you don't need to look for love because you already are love. If you don't know what I'm talking about, keep listening to Lessons from Love Addiction. I keep on hearing that so many people have been involved with narcissists, currently dating a narcissist, interested in a narcissist, a victim of narcissistic abuse, accusing people of being a narcissist over traits that have nothing to do with actual narcissism, and a lot of just like armchair diagnosing of what exactly a narcissist is. So I just want to throw my two cents into the arena and share something that I've noticed about myself and it's that I possess narcissistic traits. You probably possess some too. And the more that we possess, the more we see them reflected back to us in other people. So like your boss is not a narcissist because they asked you to stay an hour overtime because you guys are really busy today, or your ex is not a narcissist because he called you fat. Like, I'm sorry, your sibling is not a narcissist because they're an asshole that doesn't text you back. Like, that is not what narcissism is. So what is it? Okay, let's get into it. So narcissism is actually a personality trait. It is part of the dark triad, which is like a cluster, a construct rather, of negative personality traits. So narcissism is one of them. Machiavellianism and psychopathy are the other two. And it's so interesting on another note to really understand the differences between these three personality traits. It's just that narcissism, I feel like, is the most spoken about, especially lately, of these three. So on the one hand, it's good that a personality disorder is being discussed so openly in public discourse however the fact that it's being discussed so openly has actually led to the term itself as a diagnosis being misconstrued completely in my opinion so back to narcissism narcissism is characterized by a lack of empathy, a need for excessive admiration. A narcissist has an exaggerated sense of their own abilities and achievements. They have fantasies of success, of unlimited power, unlimited beauty, unlimited attention. And on the surface, most of the time, these people are very charming, very nice to be around initially, at least when they are luring you in love bombing you and before the mask has fallen and narcissism generally exists on a spectrum so it can manifest in different ways like from these traits that i mentioned to like severe like extreme narcissistic personality disorder which is the other end of the spectrum from mild and I think it is important to note that just because I believe most people exhibit 
traits of narcissism because it's simply how we kind of need to be to function in this very like male dominated logical left brain analytical world that we live in we kind of all need to be narcissists on some level to just like protect ourselves and get shit done like we have to kind of be selfish and just think of me 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 first you know but when it veers into actual like lack of empathy for other people and like a constant need for admiration and you know it delves into exploiting other people to get said admiration and attention that's when it becomes problematic and that's when it turns into these abusive behaviors and situations and relationships that we've been hearing about so much in the collective so while i believe that everyone has narcissistic traits inevitably in order to survive like we need to think of ourselves first not everyone is a narcissist like an actual diagnosed person with narcissistic personality disorder npd so i think that just needs to be a really clear distinction to preface what i'm about to say so narcissists are obsessed with supply and supply is basically attention and what i think is so interesting about how i have personally seen narcissism affect my life is that when i first met my ex who was a narcissist he really truly seemed to be everything i ever wanted like in terms of how he treated me it was just like this over the top affection and admiration and compromise like he just seemed so easygoing and attentive and just like really in tune with my needs and i was just like is this a dream never mind that i found out later that what he was actually doing was love bombing like which is this like manipulative tactic when you meet someone and they shower you in like attention affection maybe even like gifts trips and it's just like a lot for someone that barely knows you most likely that's love bombing and it's very manipulative and it's used to kind of like lure you in and then it's like a bait and switch basically you get used to that and then they take it away and then you just end up kind of chasing that original high for the rest of the relationship it's like a little carrot that they're dangling in front of you you never can quite reach it again and for me especially because i was coming out of a relationship where i quite literally needed to like beg for okay not literally beg but like i almost felt like i needed to beg for my basic needs to be met which for me as i mentioned in my self-love language episode physical touch and quality time are you know my love languages so along with words of affirmation so those are like my top three love languages and those are the three things i felt were missing from my previous relationship but in typical love addict fashion i still stayed and just secretly like resented my partner for not providing the things that i never expressed i needed but anyway so coming out of that relationship where my needs weren't being met i meet my narcissist ex and he's just like showering me in affection in love in gifts and admiration and attention sex like everything it was just amazing it was almost like i was living in a dream world for the first couple of weeks and then everything just started shifting 
he would start nitpicking. He would start criticizing me like low key. And that would just make me want to work harder for, you know, his affection and his compliments and all of these things that he had lured me in with. And it just became this like really toxic dynamic, the classic really dynamic of, you know, empath, narcissist and of him just like dangling this little carrot in front of me, making me run for it, withholding the affection and the love and all of these things unless I did something perfectly to his liking. And then he would throw me a little crumb of approval and I, I would feast on that little crumb and try to make it stretch and try to delude myself and convince myself that this was good enough and like I would tell my friends like you know this sex is amazing it's like beyond like anything I've ever experienced and then I realized after we'd broken up he cheated on me all these things I'd processed the lessons and the pain of the breakup I realized that the sex was so amazing because that was the only time he was ever nice to me since the beginning of our relationship when he lured me in with the love bombing then it was just like constant pain and emotional abuse until we had sex and then I would feel like loved and cared about in those moments and be like oh my god this relationship is so good the sex is so good and just try to convince myself to stay because of that and also because I had the concepts of sex and love mixed up in my head i thought that sexual attention and gratification were a substitute for actual love and like care and nurturance and what's weird about it was that my inner child like in that whole relationship was just crying and like begging me for my attention and I was just like numbing her and like drinking and like smoking weed and just trying to drown out her voice saying you need more than this like we need more than this I would just drown her out and continue performing and catering to this narcissist and there was something in me that felt that it wasn't quite right like our dynamic but I also liked it deep down like I liked performing for love and affection and then I realized that it's not that once I started doing like inner child healing and meditation and really delving into like my patterns from childhood and my self-limiting beliefs and shadow work and all these different things I realized that this pattern of like performing for love and affection actually stemmed from my childhood in the orphanage before I was adopted I felt like I had to prove that like I was a good kid to the people that were in charge of us or the people that wanted to potentially adopt us. And I had stayed in this like performance mode for pretty much all of my life, thinking that that's the only way to be to secure love. So that was something that had subconsciously attracted me to the dynamic in this relationship, even though it felt horrible and it felt like shit because we are inherently worthy of love. It's not something that we need to earn or perform for, right? But because that pattern was something established within me in childhood, it felt familiar to me. So it felt safe because it kind of felt like, okay, this feels familiar. I can see where this is going. It feels like shit. I don't like it. I want something different. I don't feel loved. But at least it's familiar. Jumped when he said jump, you know, asked him how high when he asked me to jump. So once I brought awareness to this cycle that I had been stuck in, and it's interesting because 
I came to this awareness about why I was stuck in this cycle of performing for him while I was in that relationship. So it's like in the beginning, I was not aware of narcissism. I was not aware of my patterns. I was not aware of my self-limiting beliefs. And I'm just in this relationship thinking that something is off. This feels weird. And then when he started changing, like when the mask started falling and his true self was revealed, the one that was, you know, never satisfied, always critical, withholding, needing of attention, needing of admiration, insecure, controlling, all of these things started revealing themselves after the initial haze of the honeymoon period of the love bombing i started to ask myself this doesn't feel good but why am i staying here why what is wrong with me and then me asking myself that was the beginning of the end really the end of this pattern that had kept me prisoner since i was a child performing for love So yeah, that relationship eventually blew up in my face in an absolutely catastrophic way. But I am so grateful for the lessons that that connection provided me. Because bringing awareness to a pattern that you may not even realize is basically controlling your life from within yourself is the first step to changing that pattern, feeling differently about yourself, and then attracting different dynamics with different types of people in your life that are capable of meeting your needs, that are capable of seeing you for who you actually are. It starts with you seeing yourself for who you actually are and understanding why you act the way you act and show up the way you have in your relationship so far in your life and i remember i had sent to one of the love addiction recovery groups that i'm in when my narcissistic ex had reached out to me after i'd gone no contact for i think it was like after my first 30 days and he reached out to me and i was freaking out because i really wanted to answer him but like i text the group instead i was like thinking to myself maybe he processed how much he hurt me and he wants to apologize and maybe i should just reply and see where he's at mentally and everyone's like no 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 contact remember like da 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 and they got me right but i remember i was kind of like disparaging him in the group chat i was like and he's a narcissist and i endured abuse and someone replied to me a fellow love addict and she goes why are you taking his inventory just keep your side of the street clean and okay so in recovery speak that's basically like why are you listing the negative qualities like why are you condemning judging someone else just keep your nose in your own business and make sure to keep doing the next right thing for you don't worry about what he's done or what he is or what he's gonna do that's taking his inventory right and then keeping my side of the street clean would be to focus on my recovery and the things that will bring me to that peaceful place while i was no contact and heartbroken and recovering and i remember i was like so insulted by that response i was like 
I'm not here for people to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I want people to empathize with me and join me in, you know, my tales of woe of this narcissistic abuse. And basically, I wanted an echo chamber and that's not what I got, but I got exactly what I needed was a reality check. And I had to look inside myself and say, why am I taking his inventory? And even deeper than that, it made me really take a look at where, even though I identify as an empath, it made me take a look at where I was actually being narcissistic in this relationship and in my previous relationships. And I realized that the bottom line is everyone possesses narcissistic traits. And if we constantly find ourselves attracting narcissists into our lives, maybe we need to take a look at what are the qualities in ourselves that are magnetizing these people to us rather than projecting all of the blame onto him or them or whoever it is that we're blaming for narcissistic abuse or just narcissism and like there are different types of narcissists and I encourage you definitely to look into it as a personality trait just so you can recognize the different red flags to look out for because it is not a fun dynamic at all to be caught in a narcissist web although they are very 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 charming initially and act very interested in you so for us love addicts especially these are very attractive people emotionally initially but yeah in this relationship and like i said i identify as an empath but i could see where i was giving my power away and performing and doing all these little tasks and designing specific environments for him to feel happy and maybe you know he would throw me a little crumb of love and that inherently is narcissistic because i wasn't doing any of those things out of the goodness of my heart out of love I was doing them in order to gain approval, validation, attention. Like I was supplying him with my attention, my love and my actual like physical labor <laughs> in order to secure his validation and love. And that is a sick, twisted, toxic dynamic that I never want to be in again. But I mean, at the end of the day, all of us need to look out for number one, for ourselves. So that concept is just taken to the extreme with an actual diagnosed narcissist. But we're all on the spectrum somewhere and we kind of have to be because we're living in this world that is designed to keep us in the selfish state and to not encourage us to feel like we are all connected and we are all one and therefore if I harm you I am basically harming myself right we're not taught that we're taught we need to survive by any means necessary and if that means using other people so be it and it's like this like masculine mentality that we've all been kind of like forced to conform to that is inherently causing us to be more narcissistic as a society so the point of this episode is not to like blame and shame and be like, you know, stop pointing fingers at narcissists. You're the narcissist. Not at all. It's just to hold that little mirror up and look at ourselves and see where we are operating from a place of authenticity and where we are operating from a place to get our needs met through other people because we haven't learned yet how to meet our needs for ourselves. And at the very core of narcissism, is a lack of self-worth, is a lack 
of identity. This is why these people need to constantly use other people to supply them with attention and validation and sometimes even, you know, physical goods and love and affection and all of these things that they cannot source from within for themselves and they have like no sense of identity it's really sad it's sort of like narcissists are kind of like parasites like they suck the life out of anyone that lets them but if you actually go into the psychology of it it's really heartbreaking to not have a sense of self and to feel so totally worthless that you constantly need to pretend that you are this grandiose, super confident, super charming person in order to get other people to fool them into liking you. It's all an act. It's all a mask. And behind that is a really deep sense of worthlessness. So when I realized that, I not only changed my whole narrative of my own relationship from this like victim mentality into empowerment because I had left that relationship knowing a little bit more about narcissists and therefore a little bit more about myself and my relationship to them and the narcissism that I personally possess. It transformed all of my relationships after realizing that about myself because when I would catch myself trying to do things for other people in order to secure a specific reaction or attention that wasn't coming from an authentic place of like, I just want to give this to you or do this for you or be this for you right now out of the goodness of my heart, not in order to project an image, a false image of myself in order to fool you into believing that I am something that I'm not. Once I realized that and I started checking myself and checking my motives and checking my intentions, I realized that my relationships were actually growing deeper and more authentic and felt better because they weren't based on what I can gain or like some kind of expectation of something from the other person. So yeah, the purpose of this episode was really to understand how narcissism is not as prevalent as everyone has suddenly collectively decided that it is in culture like not every single person that is mean to you is an actual diagnosed narcissist with a personality disorder that's in the dark triad and related to psychopathy and machiavellianism like that is not the point because what's funny is that research has consistently proven that only about one percent of the population of the world are actual true narcissists. But while it is obviously, especially for us love addicts, necessary to be aware of narcissistic traits in others in order to avoid people that exhibit them, especially if you're an empath like me and you need to protect your little heart. But I just encourage you to maybe take a look at our own self-centeredness in our relationships and our motivations for creating these stories about what motivates people in our lives or people that we're in relationships with and really look at the motivations and the intentions behind our own actions in order to truly make a change within ourselves the people that we attract to us and our relationships and ultimately our relationships with each other in order to change the story about ourselves and about our relationships and about each other from this like victim perpetrator narrative to one that is more empowered 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Lessons from Love Addiction. Love donations are always accepted. And if you enjoy the show, please don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast.